0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The transfer portal is open. Iowa basketball looking to hit it both on the men's side and the women's side. What can Iowa do on both sides to make that roster so much better? We're talking spring football as the Hawkeyes make their way through. What concerns, what is the biggest concern? for the football team. Plus, baseball and softball going on. We'll break things down today on Locked on Hawkeyes. Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, and this is our edition here to wrap up the week. A big weekend in front of us. A huge one. We got transfer portal candidates that are in Iowa City right now. Rink Mast is there. The transfer from Bradley on the men's side. What can the Iowa women do? We'll talk about that. And we got spring football going on, plus a little baseball and softball. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Well, as always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, we got so much to get into. All kinds of sports going on, all kinds of sports in the offseason. So much happening in the world of Hawkeye athletics and love to be here with you. So Earlier this week, we had an opportunity to hear from many different players in Iowa football. Spring practice is going on right now, and we talked a little bit earlier in this week about just the limited numbers that Iowa football has had. And though that is continuing right now, a lot of guys out with injury, a lot of guys that they're definitely keeping back. We've talked about the importance, obviously, of Cade McNamara at the quarterback position, getting him right, getting him healthy, and making sure that he is going to be at the top of his game come August and into September, as Iowa looks to hit the ground running. That's a huge part of that, and he is not able to, obviously, practice at the same level that you'd hope for for your quarterback. But hey, the upgrade is worth it, even if he's a little bit damaged right now. Get him back, get him right, and he got a big, big opportunity in front of you. So we got that going on. But the direction I want to go today is up front on the offensive line. And offensive line the last two years, there is nothing to say more than it's been awful. I mean, there's no two ways about it. The offensive line has been terrible. Now, you could look back at the reasons that that has happened. You know how, how Iowa got to the point where the last two years, you're starting freshmen out of the tackle positions. there was a lot of upheaval. guys that had to retire from football because of injuries. that was a part of it. Guys that left early, guys that just did not develop at the way that Iowa football certainly anticipated and and that's a piece of it. There's no doubt about it. It's not an excuse. It's reality, right? The reality is that they had guys that were just not ready to be playing at this level. You know, when you're throwing Connor Colby and Mason and Richmond out there as freshmen, redshirt freshmen, it's just not the way that it's done. You know, George Barnett, too, coming in, taking over for Tim Palasek and and taking over that offensive line role. I'm sure that there were some growing pains that also were involved there. Now, as we've seen and as we've heard from Kirk Ferentz, he is a big believer. And these are one of the spots that I I think you do have to give the benefit of the doubt to Kirk Ferentz. Now, there's plenty of things that we will question Kirk about, and we have questioned Kirk about. We'll continue to question him about. and We're going to keep the pressure on, and that's what we do here, because we're not ready to just rest on our laurels. And being good enough isn't good enough, because I still maintain there has been a huge window of opportunity for Iowa football over the last seven, eight years, that they have not hit at the level that they should have. With a historic defense, they have struggled. And the reason that they've struggled is because of what has happened on the offensive side, and specifically up front. Spencer Petras, bad. Wide receiver, bad. We get that. But if you can't block up front, it doesn't matter who you have back there. It is not going to work. We can complain about the scheme, and we will. We can complain about somebody calling plays that shouldn't be calling plays and has shown an ineptitude of doing that, and Brian Ferentz, and we will. But ultimately, it doesn't matter if you have George Seifert calling plays. It doesn't matter if you have Kyle Shanahan calling plays. If you can't block up front, you're not going to be good. And I, with the last two years, frankly, couldn't block. It was one of the worst offensive lines in Iowa. It was one of the worst offensive lines that Iowa has had during their tenure, one of the worst in the Big Ten. It has been bad. So how do you build on that? Well, first of all, they've gone out and they've looked for talent, a talent upgrade. And they've done that going to the transfer portal and bringing in Dajon Parker. Now, the problem is Dajon Parker is out right now. He is out with a knee injury, and he is out for the rest of the spring. He had a scope, had a cleanup in there. Everything appears to be, it'll be fine. he will be okay. But again, missing what you want to see from him going through spring practice, an opportunity to understand what I was looking for with his own blocking scheme, that continuity, that is always so important. I mean, how many times throughout the years have we seen the struggles up front? And a big reason for that is the guys just have not practiced together enough. Well, that's been going on this spring. And that is probably my biggest red light to what is happening this spring here. Yeah, the wide receiver group, not very good. We'll get into that but the offensive line, not having that ability, not just to practice, yeah, big, but not understanding that continuity. You talk to anybody that knows anything about the way that Iowa plays up front, and when you're playing in the zone-blocking scheme, this is not old-school hat-on-hat football, where you go out there, and you know what? This guy coming through the A-gap, that's yours. No. You got somebody head up in front of you, you're pushing him to the right side. That's not what this is. Zone-blocking is about continuity, It's about understanding what everybody around you is doing. When you got a guy swinging out, when somebody is pulling, those kind of things are important, and you have to know where they are. You also have to understand and realize with the offensive line, when you're blocking in this fashion, what the guy next to you is doing. Iowa has not had a full ability to do that. Now, the good news is, though, they're getting healthier. There was a point, I believe it was the last week, where Iowa reportedly had six Scholarship offensive linemen that were available for practice. That's a whoa. In a program that dedicates themselves to offensive line play, that has 16, 17, sometimes as many as 19 guys on scholarship on the offensive line, when he only got six of those guys healthy, that's trouble. That's big trouble because of the things that we mentioned. That's getting better. I saw a number, I think 13 scholarship guys were available last week or, or later this week. That's a big step forward getting those guys out there. And there's so many young guys. I and mean, you might be uh, excited about seeing what a Jennings dunker is going to be or, or name your favorite young offensive lineman. you think that he's got an opportunity? That's all well and good. But ultimately, if Iowa is going to be able to get back to the Big Ten championship game, ultimately pull that huge upset, get to a college football playoff because I think the schedule is there with the right breaks that they at least could go to Indianapolis with that opportunity. To have that all happen, very frank needs to happen up front we got a lot more going on the transfer portal is open and it's also opening coming up next week in the college football ranks but it's open right now for college hoops we'll get into it iowa's got visitors on campus iowa very close to securing a commitment and how about the iowa women and a huge opportunity they are full of scholarships what does lisa pluter day do with the scholarship situation. That's all as we roll through here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by FanDuel. Well, the NBA playoffs are almost here. Now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. from the money line, to point scores, three-pointers trained. Now, this weekend here, as we look at what is in front of us, the final weekend of the regular season, I'll be honest, it's incredibly tough. You don't know who's playing, who's sitting out, what it matters. That's something that you really got to break down. It's important this final weekend, getting yourself set up, because I think there is huge advantages if you do the homework, an opportunity to make yourself some money plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on again that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA Trey kind of back you with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Hey, hit that subscribe button while you're there on YouTube. If you're on the podcast side, five-star reviews helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. So as we turn our attention away from spring football here for a moment, let's get into the transfer portal. Though nothing official as we sit here and talk on Friday afternoon, there is a lot of buzz about the potential of Rick Mass becoming an Iowa Hawkeye. He is a Bradley transfer uh, began his career and has played the last three seasons with the Braves. He's got two years of eligibility, excuse me, still in front of him. So I watch a lot of Missouri Valley Conference basketball, a lot of, watch a lot of Drake, watch a lot of you and I. And because of that, I've seen a whole lot of Rink Mast over the last couple of seasons. Very impressive young man. And you look at the efficiency numbers offensively, he is at a higher level than Philip Rabracha was uh, coming out of North Dakota. He's a guy that can also stretch the floor a little bit more than what we saw from Murbracha He's a guy that can step out. He can hit, hit an open three. He's got a little bit of that red ass to him. He'll play inside and a good rebounder too. Good, solid. Now, here's what the Iowa men team needs to understand, and I think they do. That is just not about going into the portal and getting one guy. They need multiples, right? They need to go out there, and they need to bring in a couple of different guys to help out inside. Mast, he can certainly play the five. I think in a pinch he can play the four. And you find another one of those guys. Find somebody now, if you do get this commitment from Mask, somebody that you can pair together, somebody that the yang to the yang, right, that you can put together and make this work out. Because I think there's still an opportunity with this team. Look, I I like the opportunity of now Peyton Sanford in his junior season taking a huge step forward. We saw what he was as a leader. And outside of the shooting slump this year, how important he was to this team. Give him an opportunity to play. 30 minutes a game. Tony Perkins, if you've heard us before, this is the epitome right here of the Tony Perkins fan club. I love his game. I love the opportunity. you want to see it be more consistent, there's no doubt it beat you and beat you in a variety of ways. Now you hope as an upperclassman and going into his final season, perhaps there is a big, big chance for him to take a step forward and become even more consistent and do so many of the good things that we saw. I mean, we go back to what he did against Illinois, his ability to get into the lane, his ability to get into the paint, smooth out that shooting a little bit more, be more consistent with the three-point shot. He can handle the ball. He can run point guard for you at times. There's a lot to like about Tony Perkins. And the other big question remains, DeSante Bowen, right? It feels like after the departure of Aaron Eulis that they're going to hand the keys off to DeSante Bowen. This is going to be sink or swim with an incoming freshman of Brock Hardy, another point guard. This is going to be the opportunity now for Bowen to have an opportunity to go out there and see what he can do. I'll be honest. I was surprised this year that we didn't see more of him. This was somebody that was at the forefront of Fran McCaffrey when he was recruiting back when – His class was sophomores, juniors in high school. That was somebody that he identified early on. And we've seen what a good evaluator of talent that Fran McCaffrey is. I mean, he's done such a good job with those under-the-radar guys. Well, that wasn't the case with Bowen. He was a top 100 player, had plenty of big offers, an East Coast kid. He decided to make his way to the Midwest and come to Iowa. And I thought we were going to see more out of him this season in terms of minutes and frankly, in terms of production, too. We did not see that. But I think we can see that there is a belief right now for Fran McCaffrey that he has his point guard. You don't see Aaron Eulis depart. You don't see them right now working for freshmen, sophomores, juniors, super seniors in the portal at the point guard spot. This is going to be DeSante Bowen's team as the point guard. You put Bowen in the backcourt with Perkins. You got shooting out there. Obviously with Sanford, I anticipate we'll probably see Patrick McCaffrey back in the lineup. And if it ultimately turns out to be ranked best, He'll be a guy at the five. Now, if they get another portal big, which I think they need to, that will help. Evan Bronze if you can get him to come on as a walk-on, kind of fill that big jelly roll that we see the last couple of seasons when Agondale was at least healthy. Six, eight minutes a game, something like that. Hey, if you can get that out of Evan Bronze coming back to Iowa City, finishing up his career as a walk-on, that's a huge, huge win as well. What other thing that I would like to th- them to see them do? So let's say they go out, they do get two portal bigs, all right? Two guys in the portal with bigs. They do have still one more scholarship to play with if they like. I would like to see them go out there and fight another guard. And I really don't care what kind of guard, be it a knockdown shooter, be it a guy that's a point guard, combo guard. You know, I kind of equated this to, remember four years back, when I went into the portal, went to Valpo, another place that they're looking right now, for a big. But they went out there and they got Bakari Evelyn. I was sucked Bakari Evelyn. He wasn't great. He wasn't a stud. He wasn't an All Big Ten guy. He wasn't even a starter. But he was a guy that filled a role. He could come in. He could run for a four minute stretch. He could run the point. He could play two guard for you. He could do some different things. He could handle it. He could drive. A, a kind of player like that. If we're being honest, there's not going to be. You look at those you know, top twenty five, top fifty lists of transfers. There's no gonna. There's not going to be anybody out of that realm likely. That's going to be a Hawkeye. We see where their attention is, and it's on the bigs, and that's where they're they're shopping right now. But you get to that next tier. Be it a guy that's got one year of eligibility, and he just wants an opportunity to play at the bigger level. You find a mid-major, you find a low-major guy, and also understanding their role. Hey, I might not be a starter. Yeah, could I prove myself and be a starter? Sure, but I'm going to go in there and work, and I'm going to be happy coming off the bench and playing 12, 15 minutes a game. That was Evelyn, a player like that. Now. We like them to be a little bit better than McCarty Evelyn. Well, of course, we'd like that as well. But I think that's something that would be smart if they do get the two bigs in there and they're still shopping around a little bit. I think that would make a ton of sense for Iowa basketball. On the other side, we have the women's team. And as we've talked about throughout this week, there are no scholarships available. Earlier today on my radio show, Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report. .com stopped in. Uh, You can find that. Just search Miller and Condon. That's the name of my radio show on KXNO. And I think he put it very well. Because this is something, frankly, I was not very sure about. About Lisa Bluter, right? Your nice aunt. She's just that that kind, nice figure. And that's the question about if he comes to a spot, you got somebody that is willing to come to Iowa. A big-time prospect. Somebody that's going to help out in a big-time way is Lisa Bluter, I don't want to say run people off. It sends such a negative connotation. But but making people realize, making those players realize that you're not going to play here. We're going to help you. We're going to help you find a home. We're going to do everything possible. But being very frank and also being frank with the point that we need your scholarship and we need you to enter the portal. It's a tough choice. It's a tough conversation. I get all that, but... Tom said that, yes, she is the kind of person that is going to be very willing to have those kind of conversations. It's necessary, right? I mean, Iowa women's basketball has never been in a spot like that. With the national spotlight that they have right now, the opportunity to not just be a very good team, but the opportunity to ultimately not just get to the championship game like they did this year, but win the whole thing. A national championship? You got to do everything possible. And Tom told us on the radio show that he believes that she will have those conversations. That she is fine talking to her players and, and making the reality just that. It's important. Anissa Moro is in the transfer portal. She averaged 25 and 12 at DePaul in the Big East. She was a big time player. She is six foot one. She can definitely fill the role of a Warnock. I and mean, when you couple her now in the front court, you put those two together along with Addison O'Grady. Hey, it's a pretty good start. We'll see, but it's good to know, at least good to hear, that those tough conversations that I wasn't exactly sure Lisa Bluter is willing to have, it sounds like she definitely will make that happen. Wrapping things up on the other side, a huge weekend coming up as well on the spring sport front. Iowa baseball team makes their way to Indiana. The Hoosiers are good once again. No surprise in Big Ten baseball. They have been one of the top teams throughout really the last decade in the Big Ten, and Iowa goes to a road trip there. What's in front of them? And we will also take a look at the softball team, wrapping things up here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Trent Cotton, I'm back with you once again on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes. Your first listen every day. So as we finish up Iowa baseball, just a couple of uh, nuggets for you. They got their midweek win earlier this week and definitely something that was a necessity for them. So the Hawkeyes sit right now in really good shape. They take on Indiana this weekend. Three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll see Brody Brecht out there. We'll get to see if he continues his ways. All kinds of midseason honors already coming his direction. This Indiana team, though, is good. They're 20 and 9 on the season, but 5 and 1 in the Big Ten. But maybe most importantly, they're 27 in the RPI. And the reason that I bring that up is because when you look at the RPI, Iowa still got work to do. And you look at the remaining Big Ten slate that Iowa has. Of course, last week it was Maryland. This week it's Indiana. These are, at least on paper, the two most difficult series that Iowa had coming into the season. Well, he started 1 and 2, right? Lost the first two games against Maryland. Got the one on Sunday, but one that, certainly with the Friday result, you felt should have been a little bit better. You should have taken that series. Now, you got to go to Bloomington. you got to win this series. We're talking about Iowa being up there, have an opportunity. I mean, go crazy to host a regional. I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Remember, the top 16 teams in the country, those are the ones that host in the opening round. Then you get into the Super Regionals. Maybe a little bit of a stretch. But a possibility. Well, you got to pile up a ton of wins. And that means more than likely beating Indiana in this series, sweeping a bunch of series, probably not losing another midweek game. I mean, Iowa's got a ton in front of them, but it starts right here against Indiana. And then on the other side, the softball team, this is another opportunity for them to make some hay. So Iowa softball right now, they sit at 23 and 15. They're making improvements, they're building up. You remember Coach Blevins back in the day? You know how good Iowa softball used to be. College World Series appearances. Well, They have fallen on hard times. The Big Ten, not quite the power this year that it's been some of the past years, but an opportunity for Iowa to move up the rung and and maybe themselves get themselves in consideration for the NCAA tournament. Iowa softball goes into the weekend with an RPI of 59. That means still plenty of work to do with all the automatic bids to get into the NCAA tournament, but it's a possibility at minimum. Big win today against Michigan State. They got two more on Saturday. Probably got to sweep this one next week to get Maryland, another team that they should win at minimum two out of three, maybe sweep that series. And then we can start having that conversation. Good time to be a Hawkeye. It's always a great time to be a Hawkeye. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Hey, for your second listen, with the transfer transfer portal buzz going on right now, you want to make your second listen our friends over at Locked On College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shoddy and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the floor. You can hear from the big names in the game, the experts, coaches, players, all throughout college basketball with Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with you in your feed on Monday. So much to go on. How did it go over the weekend? How would the portal go? Maybe we'll have some official news on rink Mass. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Go Hawks. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.